0: In the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen you know it was uh maybe a little over a year ago i was preaching and after the service someone approached me and said josh today you said that the gospel or the scripture that we had read today was your favorite or one of your favorites but I've noticed a trend with you. You seem to always say that this is one of your favorite passages. I thought for a minute and reflected back on the last year, year and a half, and they were right. I, as sometimes when I'm writing my sermons, I'll, I'll write at the top. This is one of my favorite passages. And so it's difficult for me because I, I love the Bible. I, 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 there's so much of it that just speaks to me uh, in a way that like, I, I want to... I don't know how to say it. I I just want to spend time with that one particular passage, and I want to know everything that that one passage has to say. And sometimes it is so drenched in meaning that it feels like to move on past that passage to something else means that I might lose something. But if you really forced me, if you really forced me, and I had to choose just one section of the scriptures to read for the rest of my life, I think I would choose the Gospels. Now, that's unfair, choosing a bunch of books there. But I would choose the Gospels because they give us such an interesting picture, an intimate look into the life of Jesus. These uh, accounts of his life, written by individuals or groups of individuals who walked with Jesus or existed in communities that were close to those who walked with Jesus. And so the Gospels give us a picture unlike anything else in the Scriptures. They tell us what Jesus spent his time doing and talking about, where he spent his time, who he spent his life with. And if we are honest, this point of view gives us a lens through which to look at the rest of the scriptures. If you want to know how to interpret the scriptures, look at the life of Jesus and begin there. Now, If you really pushed me beyond just choosing the Gospels, and you said, Josh, you just have to choose one. I don't know that I could do it, but what I will tell you is that over time, at different points in my life, there have been different Gospels that have spoken to me uh, in, in ways that I needed at that particular moment in my life. Probably for most of my teens and early adulthood, I would have chosen the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John just seemed to uh, present Jesus in a way where he was so powerful, where he was so self-assured, confident in who he was and what he was on earth to do. And as a young man kind of trying to find my place and my way in the world, this was the Jesus that I was looking for. This Jesus that knew exactly what to do in every single situation it seemed like. The Gospel of John presents to us a Jesus that is not only fully human, but fully divine. And so for a time, that Gospel really spoke to me. But when I found myself at Vanderbilt Divinity Beginning Seminary, after a little bit of time, maybe six months into my education, I found myself really loving the Gospel of Mark. I found out that it was the earliest or the oldest of the Gospels. That it was the shortest, yes, but that... It was the closest to Jesus' actual life, and so it was written sometime around 70 A.D. And for a young, budding, hopeful theologian, this seemed like the gospel to really to gravitate towards. This was maybe the most accurate picture of Jesus and Jesus' life that I would ever have. Everything in Mark is happening immediately. There are no birth stories. There's no uh, child narratives. Uh, The first time that we meet Jesus, he is at the riverbank ready to be baptized and to start his ministry. Jesus in Mark gets down to business, and he gets down to business very quickly. Now, as a mid-30-year-old, the gospel that I gravitate towards is the gospel of Luke. And you may wonder why that is. But I think especially this year, the Gospel of Luke speaks to our current context better than maybe any of the others, at least in my point of view. Whereas Matthew talks about blessed are the poor in spirit, Luke talks about blessed are the poor. Where Matthew says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, Luke says blessed are those who hunger and thirst. The gospel of Luke grounds itself in the actual practicality of human lives of those who have struggles of those of us who are poor and hungry and thirsty and have actual predicaments that we are living in the midst of Luke seems to ground itself in the human experience in a way that the other Gospels at least for me don't always do and especially today where we are some 9 to 11 months into a year of pandemic, where unemployment ran out yesterday, where many people do not know where their next meal will come from, or if they'll be able to pay their rent, not just for this month, but for the last four or five or six months, where people find themselves behind in a way that they just don't know if they will ever catch up. this particular gospel speaks to me, and I think to this moment that we are living in, But the truth is, is we can't just choose one gospel. We can't just choose one version of Jesus. We can't choose the Jesus that speaks only to the moment that we are in. We need all of it. We need each account because the gospels all together balance our view of who Jesus is and who Jesus is calling us to be in the world today. Which is why when I look at the gospel passage that we've read this morning, in its uniqueness, because it is by far, maybe, one of the most unique passages in all of the gospels, I ask myself, why are we reading it today? Why are we reading it on this second Sunday of Christmas as we approach a new year? Why is this passage the passage that we read? John begins, or the first chapter of John begins, I'm just going to read another, I'm going to repeat a little bit of this back to you. This first chapter of John begins this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. You might not catch it on your first reading, but this passage starts the same way that Genesis 1 starts, and the people, the first audience of these passages, would have recognized that immediately. In the same way that Genesis 1 begins, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the world was without form. And the face of the deep was covered with darkness. The first creation story is a story about how God looks at the chaos of the world and begins to organize it into something both beautiful and full of meaning. And in this passage, the author of the Gospel of John does something amazing Because he tells the audience, you know this story that you have heard hundreds and hundreds of times. Well, guess what? There's something that you did not know. Jesus, the word of God, was present at the very beginning. And whether we are talking about Genesis 1 or John 1, the truth is is that origin stories are important. Because they tell us where we have come from and who we were created to be, and why we exist in the world today, they answer the question of our existential crises. They tell us why we are here. We need origin stories. The gospel goes on and says that this Jesus, this same Jesus that was present at the first moments of creation, was the life and the light of the world. And that this life, this light came into the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. I return back to the question that I started with. Why are we reading this at the very end of this year? I know it's not the end of the church year. But on our calendar year, why is this the passage that we are reading? Maybe today we need to be reminded of our origin story. Maybe in the midst of a year that was dark and difficult and full of injury, and death, and poverty, maybe we need to be reminded not only of where we have come from, but who we are. That we have joined in relationship with the One who was there in the very beginning. The One who called us into being. The One who invited us into relationship. We are in relationship with the One who is both the life and the light of the world. And that we have been invited to become that light, and to be that light in the world. And in a year where our world is full of darkness, I think we need to be reminded that that darkness has already been overcome. And that as the light of the world, joining with Jesus, we will continue to overcome it. No matter how 2020 ends, and no matter what 2021 brings, we still serve the same God. The one who came into the world as the life and the light of men. And the one who overcomes the darkness again and again and again. Amen.